Hey guys, Maria Menounos here. Before your favorite AfterBuzz TV after show begins, I'm so excited to tell you that my new cookbook is out. It's called The Every Girl's Guide to Cooking. It's the quickest, fastest, easiest, most amazing recipes for kitchen newbies and chefs alike. Please check out mariamenounos.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Let's go, everybody. Welcome on in to the AfterBuzz TV After Show for Limitless Season 1, Episode 19, entitled A Dog's Breakfast. I am your lead host, Frank Majorana. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go Frank M. I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, the great singing voice, oh, Amanda thanks, Frank. Richards. That's of course. so nice. Amanda, uh, where can they find you they on They can find media? me at AmandaFT130. That's wrong. AmandaF. TA31 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're confused about it, you can always just use the hashtag ABTV Limitless and tag us on Twitter. We'll make sure Amanda's correct tag is Seriously, included. Seriously, I need on to there. get it together. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me. Well, we don't have JB tonight, so it's just Amanda and I. It's uh, we are happy to steer the ship in his absence, and we have a fun episode to break down for you guys. But first of all, we want to go over our social media shout-outs. So this is you guys out there using that hashtag ABTV Limitless on Twitter, on Instagram, even directly directly on our YouTube page in our comments. And what we do is before each show, we review what you said out there and then we'll highlight what we thought was best each week. And um, Erica out there on Twitter, this is at She's E great. Hungry. I love her, her Twitter name. It's e, at E Hungry 302. She's great. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, she had actually a couple tweets tonight. She said, um, uh, I hurt myself laughing. My screams were the same as Stavros, uh, which was an interesting... <laughs> You know, portion of tonight's episode when he stabbed himself in the leg, and you and I were sort of cr cringing was, as he was going around. It was a little around. much, and then yeah. when he was getting it fixed by all those different people, we got to see a little bit too much. It was. It was kind of fake, but. But it still, was shocking. you have a reaction to it when and, you see his yeah. guts pouring out all I over the place. I don't do well screen. with blood. I can't watch violence, <laughs> okay. and I was not expecting that in Limitless. That's true, and it's sort but. of we broke new ground there. But she also had one <laughs> really good tweet when she said. Uh, and this, I have to assume, is in regards to the Sands reveal. She said, all my, of my theories out of the window. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I don't know what I'm going to say in predictions today. I'm just going to throw something out of left field. <laughs> because who knows what's going to happen at this point. It's been insane. I, had, I would never have predicted that Sands would be the bad guy, the real evil guy. I almost thought he was kind of good. Well, we'll talk about Sans and, and how we, we feel about his um, his intentions. But first, I want to go to YouTube. I know you were reviewing the page and the comments yes. of the people Hanna had yeah. on there. So what would you like to highlight? Um, I mean, there were some great comments. Someone was saying that Piper was somewhat like Catwoman. I felt that. Really? How so? How did mm, you feel that? Just because she kind of was giving off a vibe, a sly vibe, kind of creeping through Russia, kind of like, especially when she was in that big, beautiful dress at the party, she was kind <laughs> of being very Catwoman-like, so I understand that. And that was from, I'm, I'm going to 
butcher this pronunciation, but it's from Tectroche. Okay. T-E-C-H-T-R-O, and then uh, space C-H-E. Okay, cool. And, yeah, I mean, there were a bunch of other, a bunch of other things. People just kind of saying they were, they didn't, weren't too happy with Brian's family and basically a lot of stuff that we were talking about last week and how Mora, you know, is going to have to basically smooth him over, how some people thought that was a good idea, some people thought that wasn't a good idea, and it kind of just continued our conversation from last week. Interesting. Very cool. We appreciate all the comments out there, guys. Thank you, guys. Please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review on the iTunes page. That really helps the exposure for our show and lets us know that you're appreciating it out there. And we want us to keep coming back and doing more. So I really appreciate you guys all doing that. And before we get into the episode breakdown, I want to highlight one other show that's uh, launching here at AfterBuzz. It's the Tomorrow Show. So if you're at all curious about a celebrity's fiancés, midlife crisis, or enjoy hearing stories about behind the scenes of Hollywood, just amused by old TV and movie references, then you'll love the Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. He's AfterBuzz's TV after Buzz TV's creator uh, with Maria Menunos, who is his fiance. Um, so Kevin hosts along with After Buzzer co-host Roxy Stryer, Ashley Daniels, and others for all the insanity. You can watch live on Monday and Thursday nights, 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific time on thetomorrowshow.com, or subscribe and download free on iTunes. So go to thetomorrowshow.com for more information. And I watched last night; they had Farah Abraham on from oh Team Mom. Oh my gosh, Mom. how was she? She was really, it was she was really interesting to watch. Of course, um, didn't she just get engaged or something happened? I'm not up to date on my gossip. And why I am, I'm not sure. But, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure I just saw something. They must have discussed it on the Tomorrow Show. I, mm-hmm. I watched a, a segment on it, and they were comparing. They were talking about celebrities and whether or not she would sleep with them or what she's kind of heard about them. So it's a very gossip-oriented show, and I, I think it looks really cool on TV. So if you guys get a chance out there, be sure to check it out on Monday and Thursday nights. Do it. So let's get into Limitless Season 1, Episode 19. We Crazy. have three episodes left. Uh, we have a break between this episode and the next one. So next week we're off. We won't have an after show because there's no new episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really upped the ante for me, I think, that the, the last 10 minutes of this episode were the most interesting for me. But you said something to me before we started the show and said that you found a lot of value in tonight's for episode. For some reason, I found this episode to be extremely compelling. I felt myself at the edge of my seat. I wanted to know what was happening next. And I feel like I wasn't, especially in this day and age when we're always looking at our phones and just getting distracted by every little thing. I was not. I was glued to the television this entire episode. So for me, for whatever reason, I just found it to be extremely interesting and like very um, suspenseful and great. That's interesting that you say that. Because I think portions of this episode I was in the exact same position that you just described Mm -hmm. I think for the portions where they were talking about the kidney replacement and the guy who died I sort of mentally checked out when that was all going on the procedural part of this episode I think was a little ridiculous especially in the end when it was the wife I was like seriously it was the (laughs) wife like I just I That was so cliche, but at the same time, everything else around it was so interesting that it didn't really bother me. Yeah. It was almost a subplot. In in my view, I wish they would have broomed that whole It was, yeah, it it was not. It didn't add anything to the episode for me. Um, 
as soon as we start checking back in with Sands or Mora mm -hmm. or Rebecca following Brian now, mm -hmm. uh, that was the parts where I was going, okay, this is great. And I've talked about this. <laughs> I keep repeating myself, and I'm sure our listeners are getting tired of it. But there's enough here with our core characters and the people that we have every week coming onto the show that you can explore their relationships without having to have this extra filler right. type of subplot. Uh, I think they just do that, though, also to create the world of the FBI, to remember that that's what they're there and that's what they're doing. And at the end of the day, you know, he is trying to figure out all these cases and he is working for the FBI. I think it's I think it's that reason. It's also probably because it is, at the end of the day, a procedural show and you have to have your case of the week. That's a great point. It's just it's the format of the genre. I, I think you make a great point there about yeah. the FBI is there to solve crime cases and yeah. they're there to do it. So it's a natural opportunity to have a case of the week. But when I've been looking at the future of this show, uh, we talked a couple weeks back about how Les Moonves, who is the CEO and chairman of CBS, was interviewed mm -hmm. at a conference and said that he anticipated all of the freshman shows on um, CBS and their own properties were going to be renewed. Yep. Um, he no certainly did. No official word has come down though yet for Limitless. and. I just took a look at the ratings before I came on on Wikipedia, mm -hmm. and they've lost about six million viewers from the first pilot episode to now. And that's a lot of viewers. It's a yeah. lot of audience to lose, and there has been some erosion here. And I'm wondering, and this is just total speculation, if the reason for that is that we are having these types of cases each week right? instead of the compelling aspects of the show, which I believe are mostly centered around Senator Mora and his organization and, right. and Brian's role within it, and then Rebecca's pursuit of Brian, uh, the, the truth of it all. Well, I think America in general is starting to, as an audience, go into, they're more interested in t television shows that are more character driven and more interested in like what's going on with the people and what their personalities are like yeah. because of cable and all the different land, like Netflix and things like that. Those mm -hmm. type of shows are existing more. Yeah. And so these procedurals are kind of getting, getting put in the corner, but at the same time, like CBS is the number one network in yes. America. Yes. So, and they, they do what they do and they do it well and they do it right. So it's probably going to take them I think a lot longer than maybe some other channels to break away from that standard format of of programming. It's like they, they also have the multicams in comedy. They right. have like very strict almost rules on how they present their television programming. Yeah, and so this is the network that is home to CSI. Exactly. All the exactly. different CSI. So it's it's very it, I'm sure it must have been an easy sell going into the pitch meeting to say it's CSI meets Limitless the movie. Right. And you have you know, a case of the week element, but our compelling characters at the same time. I guess just as a fan, I want to find all about the Mora organization. And it doesn't have to be Eddie Mora. There's, of course, logistical challenges to having an Oscar-nominated actor be on your TV show every week, even though he is executive producing. Um, and not every week. And not every week. We wish it was every week. But that's what I'm saying, though. So it's hard to have him on every week. Right. But there's enough, like, with Sands, obviously, now, mm -hmm. to explore those characters. And so let's, let's just get into Mr. Sands and, and the great reveal at the end of the episode. I love it. You love it. Because he's such a brilliant actor, and to give him so much more to do and so much more to play with is just so interesting and amazing to me. Like, yeah. I, I, I never would have guessed it. 
So that was great. And then also I think it's perfect for him. Like I'm excited. Like I like the character of Sans. I want to see what he's going to end up doing. Yeah, it's nice to it's see so him great. in a position of power now. So yeah. we learned about him in the comic book episode about his past and how he eventually came to this position to be Mora's subordinate. Right. And now I loved that shot of him being in a conference room with glass windows and you can see the city mm-hmm. and he pops open a box with eight NZT pills in it. Mm-hmm. He's like the master villain. It That's almost, right. it, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm so excited. Yeah. And in the initial episodes of this show, we, JB and I were talking about need, a, the show needs a real villain mm-hmm. because Eddie Mora isn't really a villain. Yeah. And in this episode, when Brian tells him about Sans, Mora seems totally unconcerned about it. Which is weird. Yeah, that's there's what something I'm behind about. that. There's something behind that. I mean, I think he he under there's something he knows that maybe Brian doesn't know or Sans doesn't even know. Like yeah. maybe he has some access to more NZT or he's able to he's going to be able to get it away from Sans. He's going to get someone better to work for him because he wouldn't be that calm, cool, and collected if there wasn't something going on underneath. Yeah, he seems to be focused on the grander picture. Mm-hmm. He, he's talked. He talked about with Brian that he is already looking past the presidency, which yeah. is crazy talk because it doesn't get any bigger than that. You're the leader yeah. of the free world when you win the presidency. And I love this is happening when we have a real presidential uh, election going on. You know, I thought <laughs> the same crazy. thing. That's a great point. It's. I very... would rather have Eddie Mora, I think. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Well, we don't know what his policies are. Not to talk about politics. We we don't know what Moore's policies are. (laughs) And I'd be pretty scared to have Moore running, knowing the things we know about him now, Uh, if he was running in real life. Yeah, okay. But we wouldn't know that if he was running in real life. We know everything about Trump and Clinton and Sanders and Cruz and all of them. We don't know a whole lot about Eddie Mora and what his intentions are. That's true. But why we're talking about this, I don't know. Exactly. Well, you brought it up, (laughs) so I'm blaming you. I Uh, did. But this is going to... Pro- propel the show forward mm-hmm. in these last three episodes. There's three episodes left now. The season pre- premiere they have announced will be on April 26th. So we're going to have an episode, and then there's going to be a, a week break, and then another episode, and then the finale. So right. there's going to be, I, I feel like, a real epic finish to this season. Absolutely. And this this Sands information really just flipped everything on its, on its lid. It was... It was great. I'm so excited to see what happens with him because he really is such a bad guy. What does and he want, And it was want, interesting though? because he's, he was always so much smarter, I felt, than Eddie Mora. He seemed to be, like, the real backbone of what was going on. And you could tell he was evil. So yeah. I don't know why we didn't think of it. That's it just a, seemed so... He was so unassuming. It's a real shock. And I yeah. think the creators and the writers have done a great job in leading us in one direction and then taking us in another. Because really? at, at the end of the last episode, we saw Sans get the picture mm-hmm. of Piper and Brian being together in Russia. And so we automatically assumed, well, now Mora knows. Yep. And so when Brian goes in to talk with him and confess it, Mora's surprised by it. Yeah. Or, or so we think. I, I think he that couldn't. was genuine. I really do. And I found it so interesting, too, that Brian confessed so much right off the bat. What about, you know, waiting to see what he knows? What about listening to a little bit to see even what angle he's going to take? He just comes out and is like, this is what I know. This is what I did. I'm begging you for mercy. I, I, think, I mean, come on. I think where that comes from is Brian knows who he's dealing with. Right. A guy who knows everything. 
Right. And if you're walking into a situation knowing that the person across from you knows everything that you're going to say already and expects you to probably make some excuses or try a different route, I like that he went directly into it and right. said, you know that I've been with Piper, just don't hurt her. Yeah. And... I guess that's love, too. Wah, wah. Well, it was... It was honest, it was he true, and, and he was direct in what he wanted, and I like that. I don't really think that he needed to play around the edges with Mora, because... Except Mora did not know everything except that he thought he, he knew. Except he didn't know, and that's the big twist, and that's what made him realize that Sands is working on his own now. Right. Um, but I don't know, what do you think Mr. Sands's ambitions are going forward? I, mean, I, I really... All we've known from him so far is that he's been executing Mora's... Uh, directives. Mm -hmm. What does Mr. Sands want? I think he wants power, like anyone else. Okay. He wants power. And as much NZT as you want, as smart as you can be, that can't give you power. It can't just hand you over power. You still have to attain power. So I think, at the end of the day, he wants power. He probably wants to be even above anymore. I don't think he wants to be the president, necessarily, but I think he (laughs) wants to be above all of that. He wants to be the man who is in complete and total power, and he'll do anything to get there. That's it. That's a great that's point. That's what I think. I, it's a great theory. And Are you going to tell me to I'm wrong? Comes. No, I'm not going to disagree with you there. <laughs> I actually think you're right on that one. And we saw a lot of NZT flying around today. We had yeah. uh, Sands with his box. Mm-hmm. Mora tosses Brian a pill. Um, and Boyle, Boyle had a pill in his pocket that he did not take. And I remembered... It, it flashed me back to when Desmond and Boyle at, um, were having the conversation in the car mm-hmm. uh, uh, before the whole raid thing. And, and uh, excuse me, not Desmond, Casey. Desmond is the uh, the uh, actor's name. Um, so, <laughs> we knew so who you were Casey. Talking about. Okay, so the Casey, one who died, the one that dated Jennifer yeah, Carpenter. Casey. I yeah. mean Rebecca. Yeah. See? <laughs> you did the same thing. There we go. So. When he died, before he died, him and Boyle had that whole conversation in their mm-hmm. car about, you know, what would it feel like to have it on? And I thought, and I made a prediction at the time, that it planted a seed in Boyle's mind. And it looks like it did, but Boyle didn't take the pill. And I really like that he didn't do it, and then he confessed to Rebecca that he had it. Yep. Because Which just it, proves the point that our main characters on this series are all very moral people at the end of the day. Even Nas. I mean, every single person is very moral. And I loved what they did with Boyle this episode. I was even thinking in the beginning when Boyle came out, I thought, wow, they really haven't done much with him. I mean, I feel like they keep trying. I feel like he's the character that they don't know what to do with. He's just, he's great and he's an amazing actor and he's an interesting character, but really where does he fit within the world? And this episode showed exactly where he fits. He's going to be that guy. He's, he's, he's really close to Rebecca. He's really um, honest with Rebecca. And he also is the guy that kind of, at the end of the day, wants to, wants to get in on this NZT and has some like moral issues, but always ends up doing the right thing. Yeah. And to further your point to this point so far in the season, he's mostly been the state, the facts guy, Yep. right? Boyle shows up. He tells you the details of the scene not a whole lot extra. We got an episode where we found out about his past with his army buddy, the right. guy with the bionic arm who ended up we killing his wife. We know he does CrossFit for some reason. <laughs> so we've had little bits and pieces about Boyle, but you're right. Yeah. We haven't got to see his heart, yep. really. And we saw that today. And we saw how much his partnership with Rebecca means, that they're honest and open with each other. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca doesn't quite tell Boyle what's going on with Brian. Right. And... 
I felt something change with me with for Rebecca at the beginning of this episode because she wipes the slate clean with Brian mm-hmm. too easily. Oh, I wrote that down. I said, WTF? <laughs> Rebecca okay with everything? But then I kind yes. of realized that I think she's just doing that because she has alternative motives. Exactly. Because she's trying to figure out what's going on. She's she's And JB last week said we can't say that she's close to figuring it out because we're just putting the pieces together ourselves and I disagree with you, JB. Well, no, she, she is close. She, she figured it out. She basically figured it out. At the out. end of this episode, she's in Brian's apartment with handcuffs and her gun. Yep. Drawn. Yep. And says, sit down, we're going to talk about Mora. But you're right. It was so easy that it brought up a question in my mind, too, to say, why is she making this so easy? But now we see that she had um, Mike and Ike following Brian Mm -hmm. now that new handlers were in charge of Brian's whereabouts. Mr. X and Mr. Y. Mr. X and Mr. Y. That's the fun part about this show. The little names that he comes up with for his His entire character and personality is is what keeps me coming back for the for each episode. It's, it, it's great. <laughs> it is cool. It's it's cool to see what's going to happen and and the the New York background and the darkness of it with the city lights. I I really liked the visual aspect that we saw not only from the sands and the lit up conference table. If you could see underneath mm-hmm. that, they're really playing with light there mm-hmm. to show this is opening us up. Let there be light. There is a a brand new experience coming for eight people. I mean, Sands is surrounded by a team. I wonder who they are. That, uh, yeah. I, mean, I wonder if Piper's on the team. That is a big question because guess, we don't yeah. know what happened with Piper. Mm-hmm. Brian comes home to his apartment and finds a bloody uh, bracelet. bracelet instead of having met her. They were supposed to meet at 1030. Mm-hmm. She never shows up. He comes back home and he finds a bloody brace- bracelet of hers. So we still don't know what happened with Piper. Yep. So your theory she is. She could be working for Sans. She could be working for Sans. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's helping her with the ends. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like I said, I don't know at this point. <laughs> so you're going to have to pull I prediction out know. later and just completely Oh, guess. I already have my prediction written down, and it's completely out of left field on purpose. Wow. Predictions because, coming. Because we don't know. Predictions coming in 10 minutes. We will get to our predictions. And exactly 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Start exactly counting 10 now. Minutes. Start counting now. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but good I, to Yeah. Before we go on to that, you know, I want to, to, to cover one more topic. Um, and that was, well, first of all, just a quick other note. I really like seeing Joel De La Fuente in this episode. He, mm-hmm. uh, he played Daniel Lee in this episode. It was the main doctor who fabricated the bionic kidney. kidney. But he's also in one of my favorite shows on Amazon, The Man in the High Castle. Have you oh watched that gosh, at all? Oh my gosh, I watched the pilot. It's the coolest concept ever. It's the coolest. Set. Yeah, he plays. It's fascinating. He plays Inspector Kito. Mm-hmm. And one of the. People from Japan, right? Yeah, one yeah. of the people from the Japanese side. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance, I mean, watch the rest of that season. You'll you'll binge watch it so quickly. It's so good. It's just, it's so interesting. Like, yeah. what if that really happened? So it's interesting to see him on Limitless and playing a more American doctor because mm-hmm. um, he just totally has an American accent, which is normal. And then you watch Man in the High Castle and he has a more Japanese clipped right. style of not only speaking. That's also a period piece. This is pretty... Pretty contemporary. Yeah, yeah. So he's speaking and moving in a way that's much different in that in that show as opposed to Limitless. And I think a great credit to him as an actor mm-hmm. tonight. I was able to see him in a in a different role, and it enhanced the episode for me seeing him out there like that. Yeah. So it was the only good part of the procedural element of the episode. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. I mean, but we have, you got to say something positive. You have to say something positive <laughs> about it. 
again, this is not three episodes from now, something we're going to be discussing about, you know, the guy who died because his kidney was gone and his wife did it. But we are going to be talking about, as far as action and suspense, when he drugged the Mr. X or Mr. Y, he put him to sleep. I mean, those were the moments where I was, like, on the edge of my seat going, I cannot wait to see what happens. And when he gets to the high, to the high rise, um, that was just amazing. And the lighting there was so great. I, yeah. I do. I really, whoever directed this episode, which I'm sure I could have looked up, but I'm sorry that I didn't. It was, I just loved it. Yeah, it, it's really well done. They, I think the whole team is on the same page. They know what they're going for yeah. You know, with each episode. Uh, Doug Arniakowski is the co-executive producer, and I follow him on Twitter. And yeah. He's at Doug AA, if you guys get a chance to follow him. He's always tweeting pictures from on set, mm-hmm. which is really cool. He actually directed the season finale of this show. So the oh, last episode, he will, he will be directing and... Um, and even the lights in the church when he was meeting Eddie Mora was just so neat to see. It was just, it just, it gave a different element to the show. It wasn't like they were just at the FBI or they were just, you know, outside. It was like, there was like a whole, like, they were playing with color. It was, it was great. That was really cool. I'd like to shout out the composer of the show. The, the way the, the show is scored mm-hmm. is interesting. It heightens the tension. There's sort of a, a, a rhythmic thumping yeah. to the, to the, to the episode that, draws us in as viewers and amps up the tension. Yeah. And then you could kind of feel like high strings sometimes when the tension's getting really high and then it'll all just drop Yeah. once that all goes away. It was just a very well-executed episode, I thought. Yeah. And it was foreshadowed for Rebecca's final action at the end of the episode um, at the, with a quote that she said at the beginning, which is, I'm not going to let this go. And she mm-hmm. said this to Mike and Ike, following Brian around to figure out what the connection was between Sans, Mora, and Brian. And she said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let this go. And so I knew that that was a big foreshadowing moment. Didn't know it was going to happen at the end of this episode, but I thought mm-hmm. there's no way that she is going to have a conflict here. And so oh, yeah. Rebecca is in Brian's apartment. I'm, sh- I'm assuming that's where, where we are going to pick up next week or Absolutely. two weeks from now. What do you think... He's going to tell her. I, well, with the way he confessed to Mora today, he might just confess it all. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Maybe he'll tell her about Piper. I don't know. I think he'll hold back on Piper. And by the way, the, the name of the Limitless composer um, is uh, Paul Leonard Morgan. He has been composing all season and he has done a great job. So I want to give him a shout out there. And a thank you to Steve in the back in our production uh, for pulling that off for us quickly. Thank you, Steve. So um, a really cool crew that is on Limitless. And uh, JB and I talked about this from the very first episode. Some visual elements, the the puppets, the the lighting, even the, the saturation level when Brian takes an NZT pill, the entire screen will turn to a sort of orange. Mm -hmm. And if you'll notice, the way things are colorized in the episode, the colors are much brighter than they would be otherwise. I've noticed noticed this, especially on cityscapes. Mm -hmm. New York, there's not a whole lot of green there, unless you're in Central Park. I'm sure you know this. But little pockets of trees and, and grass that are on the sidewalk are really highlighted. The, ex- the exposure is insane. And, I, and everyone's yeah. lips are very yellow. Yes. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, is my t- Is there something wrong with my TV? <laughs> and then I realized what was going on. I also love that they had the uh, Bruntouchables again. Yes. That whole group of people. Like, yes. I love that little twist. And there, that is an actual shirt that they are selling. 
Really? You, you can buy a Brun Touchable shirt. Why have we not gotten them? And why have we not worn them? <laughs> That's a great on question. On the after show. I'm going to reach out to Doug because him and I have messaged on Twitter. I've wanted to get him on the show. But yes. we, we tape so late. And so it's 1 oh, a.m. Yeah. for him in New York. And he's just like, man, <laughs> I don't. Too much. Too I much. don't stay up that late. So um, I'll have to reach out to him and see if we can get a couple shirts and that wear them on the show. Um, because that those were really cool. And I remember the episode that was called Run Touchables. Yeah. And that was so much fun that he had, you know, shirts actually made. So you can go out there and buy a Brun Touchables shirt. Everyone should do that. I'm definitely going to. CBS.com. This show com, would be so yeah. much fun to work on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can tell they have a great time yeah. um, producing the show, acting in it. I think a lot of times... Uh, Jennifer Carpenter and Jake McDormand are right on the edge of laughing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when it's the most fun. Yeah. Not when you've laughed so much that you're holding yourself down as an actor. Yeah. And you have to push past the comedic parts. Yeah. I know this for myself, you know, it, being in acting class in college, you know, when something was so funny that you'd break and you'd laugh with your, your team partner, eventually you'd have to pull yourself down mentally and just like focus and drive through it so that you kind of lose the humor a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the talent of these people, or excuse me, these actors, is that they don't go far over the line that you can see they're right before the laugh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Especially today when he said something like, and you men and women. And she was like, oh my God. Like, I was like, that was a real moment. Yeah. I feel, I mean, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I feel like that was a real moment. That was not acting. She was like, she probably really said something and she was like, oh my God. Well, I think <laughs> I that's part it. of what makes a, a great and lively show is those organic improvisational moments. Right. Right. So something that's not in the script, but that just came to you as an actor in the moment mm-hmm. always tends to be really funny. You'll notice this in commercials. Uh, commercial actors will have a script, but then they'll be encouraged to play with it. Exactly. And so sometimes they'll add a little button at the end of commercials that was completely of their own creation. And I think it's always the best. And if you ever go to an improv show, if you go to yeah. a UCB show or anything like that, I always tell people, I'm like, 87 percent of it is kind of just you know, decent, but it's those moments that are of true improv that are hysterical that you live for. Like it's almost more fun than watching a, that's why people love it so much. It's more fun than watching like a written piece sometimes because it's so organic that it just makes it an absolutely amazing experience. So you wait, you'll watch a three hour show to maybe get five or six moments of like absolute comedy. Yeah. And we saw some tonight, so really cool. Let's yeah. m- then let's move in. It's been ten minutes. Let's move let's into our final segment of the show, which is predictions for the weeks and the end of the season to come. Only three more. And I can't now, believe it. Your After Buzz TV predictions. So, I'm, I know you have your off the wall prediction, but mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on something first that I wrote down, which mm-hmm. is. Mora says at the end of his conversation with Brian that. Um, he's he's more concerned with not who's controlling this world, mm-hmm. but who is going to build the next one. Mm-hmm. What did that mean to you? To me, I think it just meant, I mean, he, he is going above and beyond. And when he's on NZT, I think he's maybe talking about what if the world was on NZT or what if the world had a portion of NZT? Wow. So I think he's thinking about the world, not the way it is now, but in a way where people are really using more of their brains. People are more conscious of the world around them. And so possibly it could be, an. I mean, I'm thinking of things where, you know, we have like flying things around, you know, going around buildings and those like real futuristic 
things he's thinking maybe that can happen in the next 10 years if you know if I can be on NZT if I could get even you know a quarter of a pill out there to a specific group of people and then maybe get it to be on the market one day you know controlled or whatever he wants to see what that could do for society be, and where it's going that would be crazy interesting crazy I wish that was real <laughs> I really it probably is it could be something somewhere. like it is probably real all right so hit us with your big prediction so my big prediction it's huge I think <laughs> Brian's sister is on Sans team bam no that's what I think no yes the little rat mm-hmm Rachel exactly she's a little rat <laughs> <laughs> Like, so like I don't want them to keep her just being this girl that's like, oh my god, this happened. I yeah. want her to be bad. I want her to be, like, a terrible person. God, like, I think I, that would be so... Like, basically, his whole little team that we don't know who they are, yeah. I'm fascinated to find out who they're going to be. And I think Brian's sister is going to be on. I love that prediction. That's what I came up with. I think that would be awesome and would totally redeem the character in right? my mind if she's actually part of Sans' team because she's sort of been this helpless little... Tattletale rat so like far. Like seeking attention, yeah. wanting everyone to love her. And the, and, and yeah. So, so, be a so villain. So weak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If she's a... Oh, my gosh. It'd be so good. It drinks around me if you make that right. I, I mean... mean I always get, I always just kind of like guess like things that aren't that outside of the box. Yeah. And I haven't really been right. So I'm going <laughs> to... And with what they're doing with Sans. Yeah. Seems like a fair thing to do. I also think your hints about Sans potentially being good and wanting to fight back against Mora mm. is really possible. Yeah. And given the trajectory of the rest of the season, I think it's it would be another twist, but a possibility. And if Piper's on his team, yeah. maybe they'll recruit Brian. I, I think so. Because Something like that. Don't forget, Brian helped Sans when Sans showed up to his apartment with a stab wound in his leg. Of course. Because so, Brian will always do the right thing. Brian will always do the right thing, but I think that also enhanced their friendship, for, last of a better, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. so that I don't think Sans is going to come after Brian in a negative way. Right. I think that if I'm predicting, I, I'm predicting that exactly what you just said. Sans will try and recruit Brian to be on his team and fight back against Mora right. because Piper will be there. But Piper is going to be on the team too, and so then you're going to set Rebecca. up. Well, then you have Rebecca. What do you mean? Rebecca Coop could be recruited onto the team no, too. No, no, reject. No way. Because what if she finds out that Eddie Moore is really the bad person, and then that Sands is the good person, and then there's this whole team. I, I understand your thought process. I don't do not think it's possible because we've already had that episode where Sands offered her a job. And she, she turned it, it down for. and said, "No way! I'm gonna find out about you and what your, you know, you okay. know what your connection is to Mora." Okay. I I just don't see that one. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I still think I'm right. But I th I think I'm gonna fight you to the death well, on this okay. one because well, I think I'm right. <laughs> well, we've got saying. three more episodes to find out what's coming for the end of the season. Uh, remember, guys, we will not be here next week because there's no new episode. Um, but we will be here in two weeks. Amanda, final thoughts before we close it out tonight? Um, I love this episode. I think it might have been my favorite episode of the season. I think I'm gonna, I'm getting cocky oh. tonight. I don't know why. You've made some great points I've tonight. I've made some really bold points. That's right. And I'm just going to keep going with it. I think it was my favorite episode. Awesome. It, it, it made me inspired. 
Well, cool. Well, I'm glad you are inspired. Go out into that good night with that Yes, spirit. thank you guys so much. And you guys can find me at AmandaFTA31, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I am Frank Majorana. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go Frank M. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the After Buzz TV After Show for Limitless. We'll see you two weeks from today. Take care, go out, be blessed, and we'll see you back soon. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.